Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 469 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I am not calling a mechanic anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the conversations we have before the, the light goes uh, red. Those, uh, oh. The red light, if you will. If um, you will. I'll tell you what. And I will. When, when we finally decide to call quits on the show, Nate, I hope you have kept all of that pre-roll stuff. No, and we'll just aux- we'll go the Wu Tank. We'll auction off one copy of it <laughs> <laughs> to a to a farmer, bro. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, if there's any, any any big farmer uh, extortion fucking guys who jack the price up on medication, by all means, get in touch with us. Like, I mean, like rich as shit pharmaceutical executives. Not you fucking agriculture losers. <laughs> Not people in Toowoomba and, that are overweight. And we will um big farmers. Yeah. And good. we'll we'll need to we will need to sell it for yeah what one hundred million dollars because we're gonna lose a certain chunk of that in legal fees. Well no, we we just need enough to fucking Go Epstein Island somewhere. <laughs> and by that, I just mean the recluse, not the, the kitty fiddling. Like, why couldn't it just be an island? <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ, I mean, you man. Could, you could have just said our own, you know, our own, our own private island. I mean, you could have Epstein Island. I you mean, know? you kind of imply that you want, to, you want to fuck kids on it, and that's not the case. <laughs> Say that again, please, Nathan. Or you want to have, that's or you want to have, like, case. you, know, you want to, I was you trying want to, to think of the name of the guy that ran Firefest. But I couldn't, so I went with Epstein. <laughs> the only other person I know that owns an island. Uh, when I think of that Firefest thing, I, only, I could only think of like you know, that, 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 that guy that wanted to, that guy that was going to suck the suck the dick to get the water out of customs, <laughs> out of the customs or of the docks or whatever. That's right. <laughs> Welcome, new listeners. Uh, so this weekly, yeah, the show around. where stick the around show for a while. Three, the, the show where three. Internet friends became real friends, and use the, use this time, and, wait, and your time to catch up to catch up twice weekly, and in some cases, money to catch up and, three times weekly, and some and, and and sometimes, just sometimes, we talk about rugby league for the love of the game, for the love of the game. That's why we're here. Exactly, exactly, and uh, this for the love of the game. This week, it is uh, half the love or double the love because it's half half as many games and. Um, Round thirteen, in the bag, and uh, we've got Origin coming up too this week, so it's one of those rounds. But the uh, round thirteen uh, games kicked off on Thursday night down there at Hope Solo Coliseum with the Cowboys thirty-two defeating the Gold Coast Titans six. The Cowboys thirty-two tries to Luki Talangi, Robson Petahiku, and a double to the Hammer Tabai Fido. Drinkwater, four conversions. The Titans, six, came through a try to Toby Sexton and a conversion to Jermaine Osako. 
about 15 minutes in, and that was it. I was impressed I with the Cowboys. I think they're yeah. still answering most of the questions, the rest of the comp, with the exception of probably Penrith are putting to them. Um, defensively, we're still sound in this game, and, and you know even despite the plays that they had out for Origin, they held strong and, and were patient, waited for their opportunities, and, and took full advantage and executed. Um, I think some of that, or well, a lot of that, comes down to the fact that... Um, Townsend continues to keep it all together, and Tal Malolo um, had a fantastic performance in this game, as um, in true to form in recent weeks. And Lukey and Drinkwater and Talangi continue to develop. They didn't make, you know, obviously the Origin guys <clears throat> like uh, Nanai and those those boys have uh, gone to another level, but. The, the efforts and, and application of drink water and Lukey and those guys shouldn't be understated and, and the importance to the Cowboys. So it's quite impressed with that performance. As as poor as, as the Titans were, I think, in direct yeah, contrast. Ably, ably assisted by some, mm. some God-fucking-awful defense close yeah. to the line. Like, I'm just trying to... Th- I'm just looking at the try scorers' names here and trying to remember. But, like, if we're being realistic, I mean, that Lukey try... Yeah, Peter Higgins try and that try that Hammer scored at the end off the kick. Yeah. Where I mean, there were yeah. two fucking Titans there. They should have. They were ahead of him. It wasn't like he burned them for pace. I mean, they were just kind of jogging back towards. I the, don't know what it know. is about the Titans. Uh, you know, maybe you guys have got some thoughts, but it wasn't all that long ago we were saying they were well coached. They had you know several pieces. They were well on their way. Well, they last the year, like, like they made the finals like, last like year. Last year they were on the uptick. And this year was going to be the, the, this year was going to cement those, you know, the, the improvements they had last year, the, the, you know, they were going to solidify that and they were just scraped into the final through a little, little bit of good fortune last year. This year was the year they were going to cement it, make it under their own steam and, um, maybe improve their, you know, ladder position. And they have gone so If anything, we expected the Titans to be what the Cowboys are. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was on the back of, they, they were, again, on paper, one of the the biggest potential young forward packs in the game. You know, they, they acquired Fafita, they acquired Tino, um, they had they had some older guys running around the back. Like, you know, Proctor was serviceable at that stage. Um, then AJ Brimson had come on, he'd started playing State of Origin and he was one of those players who, who that really helped. He came back from the Origin Arena and and went up a notch. Um, they were lacking in the halves. Well, look, they had they had a good they they, they had a good halfback. Yeah, exactly. They, but they but they thought that at the end of the year, like you know, a half a dozen games or however many that Sexton played, was enough to establish him as the future guy. And so they did take a gamble who, on having a very inexperienced. Who in a terrible spine. side has been okay. Has been good. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where's their where's their other half gone? For the Cowboys, I don't, though. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is for the Titans. To be honest, I think they're let's light candles, Cowboys though. Well, I love the fact. I fucking love the fact that the Cowboys have um, you know lost to Penrith, but beaten Melbourne, and everyone's saying you know look they're they're a genuine contender. They've played the best now. Uh, you know they they caught Melbourne at an opportunistic time. Annihilated uh, Paramount. Took Took full advantage mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. Parramatta has beaten both Penrith and Melbourne, and no one thinks they're an actual genuine contender. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Fucking... 
But um, that side, there's almost like this journey that you see these up and coming sides go through, where they they'll get they'll get one over one of the top teams, and then and then really get put in their place by another one. But then they go back to that middle of the pack level, and it just reiterates how far ahead they are. So they, mm. they could have gone back to the Titans and it could have been, yeah, Penrith spanked them, took the wind out of their sails, and now they've sort of leveled back to, to where we all think they, they should have been. Uh, but they stuck in this game and they're developing that beautiful trait of patience in that they're not rushing out and trying to score every set. The end of every set isn't an all or nothing play, as in we will... Will either either put ourselves in a scoring position or give seven tackle sets. But looking over the stats of this game, possession was forty seven fifty three to the Cowboys. Completion rates seventy five and seventy seven percent. It wasn't like there was heaps between them. Mm. Well, the this Cowboys... is the thing. Like the, the second half, there was like almost the entire second half was an arm wrestle, and they were kind of stuck there at yeah. what was it like sixteen six or something like that. Yep. And and so the, the Titans, you know, they had the possession and they had the field position, but yeah. they just couldn't do anything with it. And that and that speaks to a you're, what you're saying about the patience of the Cowboys, and b the fact that their defense is you know legit and you know a source of pride, you know, this season exactly. That's I it. attribute again, some of that patience to, to Townsend, which is not a trait I would ever have suggested would go, you know, be said about Chad. He's a patient footballer. I think something's becoming clear this year over the fortunes of two different sides regarding Chad Townsend. Wasn't Chad? Chad wasn't Chad? Chad wasn't the problem. Mm. It was Sean Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> It was like, it was like it. some Kaiser Soze shit. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes old Limpy Shaw. A massive, a massive fucking... Ironically, Sean Johnson walks with a limp. <laughs> um, but it, it's obvious to see the difference in the cohesion that those two teams are playing with. The, the Titans don't really seem to be together as a unit the way the Cowboys are. And I think, you know, and obviously the, the Cowboys are fit this year. They're ready for contact. Their first contact sticking when they're going in for tackles. Um, but whatever Ming the Merciless has done to bring them together as a playing group is paying dividends on the football field. Socials on that one. Joshua, he said, Campbell is so good and he's only going to get better. That was a, a fucking other rough one. Do they say how long he's out for? He did his hammy. Yeah, um, I don't have no idea about the injuries yeah. for this one. It's fucking rough, hey. Uh, Garth, he said, Asako doing Asako things. Glad the Broncos let him go. Oh, Jack said, I haven't seen the Titans put up a performance like this since last Friday. <laughs> Richard said, Chad is so immortal, they literally named a country after him. A shit country, sure. But a country. <laughs> and we'll end this one in some fucking European poetry style. Uh, Carsten, he said, on the Thursday night, a beloved solid hiku marshalling the defence. There's your hiku. Wow. Hiku. Brings back so many memories. Love can, we just, can we just say, 
That is a <coughs> Japanese poetry format about a North Queensland rugby league side player from New Zealand written by a native German speaking well, individual. We are the fucking multicultural melting pot. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> It's not the first time Japan and Germany have gotten together for explosive <laughs> results. <Yeah. laughs> uh, righto, moving along to the next game, the Friday night game, the Panthers 30, predictably dispatched the Canterbury Banks down Bulldogs 18. Um, the Panthers tries to Smith Edwards May kick out and Salmon falls four conversions and a penalty goal on debut as well as uh, a nice kick for that first try. And the Doggies 18 through... <laughs> we talk about the previews for the games. We're like, no, wait, the Doggies going to score points. Nailed it. A double to Adoka and a try to Matt Burton. And Matt Burton, three conversions. <laughs> yeah, if look, if Bur- if Berto hadn't have done it, you know, we, we really could have introduced this one. It was like, you know, the, the Penrith Panthers and uh, Josh Adoka, 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, off you go. Floor's I liked the changes in roles in this game because you know I've, I've said it so many times during the season. One of the concerns I have about Penrith going into the tail end is that there's a bunch of these younger guys that weren't there 21, 22. Uh, sorry, um, in in twenty and twenty one, um, who who don't know what it feels like to lose a grand final or to go through and, and get so close but fall short, really all they know is success. They've come into a team that was successful, so they've joined up in that buoyancy and, and they're winning almost every game now. But um, it was really nice to see them almost become the old heads for 80 minutes and have to have to step up and, and show a bit of maturity. And they did. Yeah, they certainly did. It, it's not exactly... Close to to storm levels of next man up yet, but I do like the way that it's building to the stage where even having, you know, fucking ninety percent of your side out as future immortals representing your country and state, um, they they can still get in and play that same brand of football. I think that's what impressed me most out of this. I think the most most pleasing thing for for Ivan. Would surely be the way, the way they withstood the Bulldogs. You know, they made a bit of a surge. Look like they were starting to get their tails up off the, obviously off the back of Burton and Ado Car, um, and they they continued to rally and keep kept playing footy and, and stuck to their structure and their system. Yeah, and and put and put the plays on to put it beyond Dia, which you know they didn't look shaky at all. They just continue doing what they were doing and, and that's a sign of a mature football side. Yeah, it is. You're right. Oh, what did the socials say on that one? Josh said, Burton to Fox may be the only weapon, but God damn, it's gorgeous when it comes off like that. Yeah, not wrong. Um, Matthew he said, Burton's been developing that kick for a few weeks now. We've got it right tonight with Josh Addo Carr. Uh, Terry. He said, kick out is a flat track bullying the dogs, and I am here for it. You see, being a dog supporter means frothing over how good a player is before he joins us, and then we give them a career lobotomy. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Nathan, he said, round 13 stats. 
Edwards, one try, 165 run metres, four tackle busts. Teddy, zero tries, zero run metres, zero tackle busts. Stats don't lie. You're hearing it more and more, apparently. More and more. More and more. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who put, sent that in? Nathan. Oh, old agenda, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, he said, ever since Stepdad got a hard-on about Appy being deceptive, I've been watching his work out at Dummy Half. How much are the Panthers going to miss him next year when he starts running ninth to the Tigers? <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be the catalyst for the majority of tries when they're on the opposition try line. Um, yeah, look, his deception is fantastic. What I love more than anything about Api Corusau is that he understands that the number one job of a nine is to give service. And the fucking width of the passes he throws with pinpoint accuracy are what gets that attack flowing. You know, you, you don't see Penrith having to do those things other clubs do where... Um, and I saw it in the Warriors game. Like, the amount of times... And I'm not trying to make excuses for, for Johnson, but the amount of times he had to, to, like, pause in his run or halt or reach behind him to grab a pass just completely fucked their attack. But, uh, yeah, Appy will be a big loss next year. Right. Uh, moving on to Saturday. The mighty Manly Seagulls, uh, 44, to feed the Warriors, 12, at Brookie. The um, Manly side tries to Sipley, Olakwadu, Tapao, Schuster, Saab, and a double to Ruben Garrick, New South Wales origin fullback in waiting. Uh, Garrick, six of seven conversions and two penalty goals. A night out, as they say. Um, defeating the Warriors, 12, tries to bunny a four, and Jack Murchie with Reese Walsh, two of two conversions. Well, this was a very fucking pleasing game and enjoyable to watch, I must say. Um, in the spirit of Dairy Queen, I just I, I want to just be nothing, not, give nothing but love and posit- positivity. So, um, Marty Tapao scored a try that he didn't know he scored. And Barton, I don't think he dropped the ball. He did do a, he, he did uh, give one piggyback, I think, through a lazy sort of high tackle or something like that in the second half. But otherwise, pretty, pretty good. Um, Schuster played... Played great. I mean, a preview of uh, you know, his future in the halves. Uh, obviously, he's still probably like, what, 10, 15 kilos too heavy. And he's definitely short of a gallop in terms of being um, an 80-minute player. But, uh, you know, he's got 10 months to, to get to that, to get that, and, you know, and an off-season in the middle there to um, you know, get, get himself right for the, the role that he's looking like he's going to have, um, you know, from next year onward. Um, what else was I going to say about this game? I, I like the way it was, I mean, like, it's not like it's a huge fucking career achievement to out-coach Nathan Brown. However, the way that Desi changed up the game plan knowing that they wouldn't have Daly to kick him out of danger and you know, then wouldn't have anyone really in there with a, with a top class long kicking game. Um, the way they changed things up uh, and got the forwards going was fucking great. And I actually like to see more of what they were doing, um, you know, digging in on either, on the edges and then and spinning it back in and the forwards just, you know, probably abetted by the Warriors a little bit, but they fucking were just rampaging from the very first set. They got all the way down, you know, on the, on the first set. Um, and so I want to see more of that sort of shit. And while I'm giving out um, praise, I've got to give praise to fucking Grant Atkins for something that he said in the second half where the Warriors dropped the ball and knocked it on. And I think it was Schuster that scooped it up and he probably went on a run of about 25, 30 metres. And as he got tackled from behind, he dropped it. The Warriors are blowing. He's gone, okay, that's a knock-on from the Warriors. 
So we're going back here to play the scrum and the Warriors players are blowing up going, you know, that, that's got to be fucking, he's taking, you know, he's taking the advantage and everything like that. That's got to be, and, and he said something along the lines, of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, look, if we want, if we want to, if we want the game to be played, if we want rugby league to be played, like guys to take opportunities and to play like that, then we've got it. Then, then you know, then we've got to actually, we've got to adjudicate. Yeah, we can't go pulling that shit back. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it's actually, yeah, tr- trying to act, to make a, a a decision. You know, saying we want to see fucking guys trying to scoop it up mm. and do something with it you know, after a mistake rather than, you know, just dropping on the ball or whatever, you know, um, which is, it was fucking, it was actually great to hear a referee, um, you know, say something like that, you know, clearly on the mic like that. Um, I'd Warriors, say Grant, Grant Atkins, mind. I would suggest, is the premier referee. Yeah, see, look, he's had, he, he's, he, he's absolutely raped us at times too, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm all about lighting candles in this one. Well, he reverse raped you in this well, game. Well, every yeah, fucking what he did is he could he, have gone your he, way. Well, went your no. way. Well, no, not really. I mean, everyone was, that could have did. Everyone, everyone that legitimately was uh, in our favour went our way, which is great. And I mean, so that what you're saying, he's done the bare fucking minimum required of a referee to adjudicate a game fairly and right down the middle. No, no, no. Um, no. So, which is great. Um, the we, Warriors, your best friend. The Warriors, absolutely fucking hopeless. Sean Johnson. Absolutely fucking hopeless. I saw a lot of people saying, "What's the deal with these fucking ki- these midfield kicks?" And I will disagree. There, the midfield kicks are the best weapon that the Warriors have because I mean, you want to try and make, you know, Jason Saab, who's just come back from a month off. Yeah, you, know, you want to make him catch the ball in traffic. Yeah. and try and force an error. You don't want to kick it down his throat when he's fucking five metres out from the try line and he's got 30 metres of fucking clear space before a guy's coming his way. Well, the, see, no, here's the thing. With Jason Saab, you definitely do. You want to, you want to kick it to him in the corner. However, like you, you remember got to be Pen- on him. You've got to be on him when, you get, when he gets it, though. You That's got, it. You, you remember when you, Penrith played him earlier in the year? He got zero space. So it was the yeah. chase that made the kicks awesome. Yeah, literally, literally everybody played when literally any team played him. I mean, they just realized, I mean, the fact is he's great under the high ball because he's fucking two meters tall. Yeah. However, if you, you, you got to just, you're tackling the second he gets the ball and, you yep. know, and, and you're sorted because, I mean, because of his, uh, you know, his physique and everything and just the fact that he is so tall, I mean, leverage wise, it's very difficult for him if you fucking got him the second he hits the ground. There's not, there's not a fucking lot you can do about it. I mean, is that like, why you know, Saab's yeah. out of favour? It's just <clears throat> Pro- probably, but I mean, he was out. He, he had a, he had a foot injury for like he was out for three or four weeks with an injury, and mm. then he's and I think I think he may have, I think he was on the cusp of being able to be being right for last week, but he wasn't, which is why we had to deal with fucking the Tafua situation. Um, Harper, fucking, he had a great game. He had the kind of game that you know we saw him have uh, at stages last year, and. Really, I couldn't couldn't have asked for much more from him. I mean, his defense was great. He made one of the greatest fucking holding up over the try line tackles from a kick that I've ever seen. I mean, it was one on one. There was there was they had no right to stop the try being scored. Yep. Um, and he scored and he scored a great try with um you know a great you know, great running and step past uh, Sean Johnson I think to make the initial break and the fucking pass the the draw and pass was uh yeah couldn't have been better. So uh, he had a a good return and the one thing I did like about him his game was he's got like that bit of he's got that bit of cunt in his game especially when he's on and um 
towards the end of the first half, like right at the end, last play of the first half, Manly kicked it downfield. The um the Warriors wingers collected it, you know, probably thirty meters out. And because the siren's about to go, he's kind of just trotted it back casually, thinking that they were just gonna, you know, give him a cuddle and then, you know, whistle blows and that's half time. But Harper instead has just gone fucking bang and just smashed him and then driven him to the ground and then given him the business while he was on the ground and then the Warriors' frustration just boiled over and they almost started a fight, um, you know, right on half time and apparently had to be separated from him as, as they were going down the tunnel for the break. And that kind of thing, after the half that the Warriors had, just head fucked them even more so. Like, you know, so I, I did love that. And, um... Yeah, I I don't have any any real complaints. The, the the fitness of Schuster will improve, and I'm and I think in the second half he wasn't he wasn't great. And the other thing I worry about a little bit is that his kicking game, short kicking's okay, but like he's going to have to get a boot on him as well. Otherwise, the you know it's going to be like five years ago, and there's going to be one long kicker in the side, and he's going to be fucking smashed. Um, but yeah, oh, it was good to see Jason Saab have a smile and get a nice fucking length of the field try and. and put 30 meters on him by jogging the entire way there we go but, um, but yeah loved it Warriors are fucked Sean Johnson cooked mm. the end well that was first comment on the socials uh, Joshy said uh, commentary already shitting on Sean Johnson I guess the boys were on the mark mm. it's funny uh, the commentators don't usually come out and just like start slating people but they were on They were. I can't remember who the commentators were but they were on him the whole fucking game it's because we start movements Nathan yeah true we are the Metamucil of the rugby league world. With the All movements makers. start with us. <laughs> uh, Robert said, it's a long weekend in New Zealand. I'm not going to ruin it watching the Warriors. <laughs> Was it scaffold day? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Glenny. Far out. Brendan. He said, Manly must be the only side to be better in origin times. Not having DCE there to be the human turnstile is making their defence look strong. Look, as much as I want to agree with the narrative, I would suggest that anything in this game is definitely more the result of the Warriors being bad than Manly being good. So I don't think Manly all of a sudden look like a powerhouse in defence. I really think that the Warriors just threw that. They also the they also only did one piggyback all game as well. So, so they did the hold the ball thing. That's it. Hey, who would you say is the, is the halfback that misses the most tackles? Uh, I, I wouldn't want to have a hazard a guess at that. It's, pretty, it, it, it's, a very, it's very clear. There's one guy that's way worse than everybody else. Who is it? Ben Hunt. Yeah, but again, I'd say he suffers from a bit of James Maloney syndrome there in that the way that stat's measured, because he will always get in and try and make first contact, and he may not stick, but he stops their momentum long enough for somebody else to come in and finish off. So I'm not sure mm. missed tackles in the halves is a, a super yeah. accurate one. That's something, um, that, that's something, that's something I'd bring, back, bring, I, up as, bring up as well in like Origin as well, because like he's getting he's a, he's a half that misses the most tackles, oh, he, and he's, he's got and he's to defend, he's got to defend in the middle. In state of origin football. I, I would suggest that it'd be better to measure which half misses the most one-on-one tackles on the goal line or which half has their next immediate outside man scored upon the most. Um, so one-on-one tackles. There's a, there's a, a it's a, it was a close competition. Um, tackle effectiveness percentage. Is that what you want to see? 
Like, ah, oh, yeah, well, what does that mean, though? <coughs> I'm just trying to find. I'm just trying. I'm just looking at the. Just looking at the. Well, it's no surprise. The player who's the least effective half at tackling is no longer in the game of rugby league. He's up there fucking uh, getting his hair cut by Glennie's mate. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but Ben Hunter's second. But, but Ben Hunter's second worst though. So, so yeah. <laughs> but again, it it depends on the entire on what they mean by tackle effectiveness. Well, yeah, this is just the actual, yeah. this is just the stats lines that they yeah. log for games. That's it. Uh, and finally on that one, Liam, you said it's clear that the team shitter than Manly are way shitter than Manly. We are the McLaren of the top of the bottom eight. Yes, you are. That's it. Um, All right, let me find my things again. Um, the Canberra Raiders 22 defeat the Roosters 16 down in Canberra. The Raiders 22 tries to Elliot, Savage, Chris, and Timoko Fogarty. Three conversions and the Roosters 16 tries to Tupanua, Momorowski, Suwali, and two conversions from three attempts to Sam Walker. I think the Roosters are further off the pace than many of us have realised. It's becoming clearer and clearer by the week, albeit no Tedesco. And respectfully, I still think that the Roosters are the frauds of the NRL at the moment. They still, I mean, like they they had some some origin outs, but I mean the Raiders for their, you know, they they were without, uh, you know, Papali'i as well. Mm. But um, I thought that you know the Raiders came up with the big moments, and if you look at these two sides, the Roosters would be the team that vast majority of people would pick to come up with the you know the big plays in the big moments of a game to to win it, and they didn't have it. The Raiders. This is this was a good game. This yeah, was, it was a, entertaining. A fucking, this is an entertaining game. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I think um, the, the Raiders just with their effort. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm loath to give Rangers any credit, but you know the charge down, the follow through, the pick up, and and from from Horsburgh, he really um, did play a leadership role in this game. I mean, you could see it. Yeah, he he 100 percent almost played like a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was. I was impressed with the way the Raiders stuck to the task and, and as I said, come up with the, the plays. The the Elliott try, for me, was a concern for, as far as the Roosters defensively. You, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't see the Roosters concede a try like that last year and in, in, in recent seasons. You, you just fucking wouldn't. Yeah. Although, you know, here's the thing, though. Go, you go through that Roosters team and just thinking of who's in the NRL at the moment, they're not that stacked with talent compared to what they were. As in, if, if you go down that side and do the old, oh, you know, who's, who's the better player? Yeah. You know, who, who are they going to mark up against and and what's it going to be? There are some there, like, you know, the the teddies of the world. They'll they'll generally be the, the better player, probably, unless they're playing Manly or Penrith. Um, <laughs> but, like, Joey Manu, Again, he's gonna you know, probably come up trumps. Against he was, he, yeah, he, he he was fucking great though. Yeah, in this game, oh, money was great. He, he's fucking amazing. But then again, you go through that side, and I know we got Origin outs, but you know, Momorovsky, is he going to be better than how much of the competition in his position? You know, Suwali. I think he's taking a massive. But he's taking this is the this is the position he's lobbed up where the, the team where he's finally just yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna fucking cash in. That's it. And, uh, and and he's looked fucking ordinary at times. I mean, he got absolutely uh, schooled by, what was it, Katoni Staggs mm. yeah. a month or so ago. And uh, Honestly, here's the thing. You put Kiri up against a bunch of other sevens. Yeah. 
He is now a middle of the pack seven. Yep. You know, Drew Hutchinson. Takiaho. Who Hutchinson, I say. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> no. I tell you what, though, Suwali is, is, yeah, he, he showed with that try. I mean, the sort of things that, you know, people are obviously expecting from him mm. going forward, like in attack. I mean, that's sort of like that classic, like Israel Folau sort yeah, of exactly. ta- you yeah. know, target. Look, looked yeah. fucking amazing. But to be and, fair, um, though, that's not the player that was he was pitched as. It was all the step and, you know, the speed and all the rest of it. He's fucking amazing in the air. Yeah. I need to see more out of Takiaho and Tupanua and Crichton if I'm going to start taking the Roosters seriously because they are getting fucking monstered by every other team they come up against. Well, I mean, speaking speaking about Tupanua, I mean, like, he actually came close how many times? Like, he had an obstruction, Mm. and then I think he was held up twice, and that period of defense there from the Raiders was was probably the winning of the game. Mm. That's it. I'm talking about middle-of-the-field stuff. Yeah. I'm talking about that, well, you know, okay, you got to get in there and grind for 20 minutes and assert some dominance in the middle of the field. Crichton's the biggest drop-off for me. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Socials maybe he maybe got, maybe got some more fingers cut off in the off-season. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Brendan, he said, the Roosters have little drive without JWH. No other Roosters player has his drive. He signed till the end of 2023. Personally, he'll be limping home. Fuck me. He's got another year to go. Um, another Josh. He goes, our new number seven needs a few more games under his belt. Doesn't quite look like he has the experience of our veteran Schneider. Uh, Riggs. Roosters lost that because of origin call-ups. If Whiten had been there, they would have won. <laughs> <laughs> and Ivan said, Raiders shit-stirring with the fade these days, pretending it's happening, then slamming the door shut. Completely in control. What's it been now? Has it been a month since their last proper fade? They did They did look like there, it was no chance of happening in this game. I mean, they were yeah. um, very composed for the duration. It's got to do fucking wonders for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, so that was round 13. Now, we've got coming up uh, on Wednesday night, we've got the first State of Origin game. Yes. So we did have a we did have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, I think what last you know when the teams were announced or whatever on one of the last episodes last week. Um, so, Clint, do you have any thoughts about Origin? Now that the sides have been uh, have been named, and uh, I still think we're going to get that change with the Crichton and Whiten earlier. Uh, you know, if not before kickoff earlier, but. Um, I just because I just can't see the benefit of fucking stashing Crichton on the bench for yeah. more than you know a quarter of the game. Would tend to agree with you. Um, I still think Queensland that that New South Wales side is, is stacked with talent, and I think purely talent on paper, New South Wales is 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 a stronger side, but. Um, Munster is probably the guy. He's arguably the form player of the competition at the minute. Uh, I think if he has a, a big game for Queensland, it'll go, they'll go a long way to winning a close, tight contest. But um, they need to get a lot out of Ponga at fullback as well. Um, with the ball in hand, but perhaps more importantly, defensively, he has to step up. 
and um, because the ball, you know, they will, his defence will be tested given the talent in the New South Wales side and he has to step up to that. That's me. I feel like Queensland. I feel like Queensland have the advantage probably through the forwards. Correct. But I think New South Wales got them in the halves and the and, and the backs, and also not just the uh, in terms of like combinations as well, because you know we're dealing with you know like club combination, mm. which is it's just which is tough to overcome. And not only is it the club combination, but I mean you know Cook's been there, you know they, they've played series together now, you know so they're starting to get to that stage, and you know got Teddy there, they played series with that spine. You know, so they're starting to get that understanding, and hopefully they get that kind of just longevity and you know combination that comes from playing you know ten series together. Mm. You know, ultimately, like Queensland had through their golden period. Um, I won't. Uh, I mean, uh, Harry Grant. I mean, I, I understand the the choosing to you know as an impact player, but I mean, at the end of the day, if he's your best hooker in your state, which I which I believe he is. Yeah, you, know, you probably want to get him, you know, on the on the field. For me, the biggest the biggest worry, and you you mentioned this too, Glenny, but the biggest um, worry and concern if you're a Queenslander is is Ponga, because for everything he can do, you know, amazingly in attack, if he's if his mind is on the job and he injects himself, you know, with enough enthusiasm and involvement, he's never been a like he's not this great positional fullback in defence, and he's not this—he's not this—he's not a courageous fullback in defence, yeah. and he's not—and he's not just the—he's not like a a fucking great one-on-one tackler or any of that sort of thing. He—he's not the guy that if you like, if you fuck up somewhere in the line close to the try line, and then all of a sudden Billy Slater would just appear. Mm. Who he just Studs read? Up. He just read the game so fucking well. Um, yeah, Ponga doesn't have that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, more courage. The, yeah, well, the big the, and the the big issue with the the Paul Green era sides was that um, you know, they conceded a lot of defense and uh, a lot of points, and defense wasn't great. Yeah, uh, I think this time, you know, with the injection of guys like Ruben Cotter, who just doesn't miss tackles, I think that's a great positive move. Yeah. Um, you know, Felice Cafusi, I think, is more of a worry, you know, being there. I think that, you know, loyalty's great, but I think he's one of the ones that maybe should have, you know, he's about that time where, you know, perhaps it gives way. Um, There's always those guys, though, who, like, it, it's been it's been a year of the since we've seen him in the Origin Arena, and last year Queensland weren't, weren't going that crash hot. Was he injured last year? Who did he play? I can't remember, to be Fuck. honest. But there are those guys who get in and you put them in their state jersey and then all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, he's fucking awesome in origin. I forgot that. Like, he, he's yeah. good at his club. Oh, oh yeah, no, he thinks he's 21 again. Yeah, no, he'll be fine. And it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if he's got a bit of that in him. Mm. Um, I'll be interested to see. In attack, Queensland, I imagine, are going to be uh, going to the air. Trying to uh, you know hit Cobo and and uh, and Xavier Coates who are both great in the air, uh, particularly the matchup with Coates versus Toto because it's just such a uh, a physical mismatch in terms of height. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm, I I think that if New South Wales get off to a good start and can maybe put like you know sort of get it out to sort of you know ten twelve nil, I think they'll go right on with it. I think if Queensland, however, 
are sort of, you know, within four points when it comes down to it and all get out to a good lead themselves, then, you know, it might be, it, it, it might be tough for, for New South Wales, but um, I think New South Wales will either win narrowly or they'll win really well. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so, oh, and I'm hoping to, you know, because I, I, I am lighting candles and going to Dairy Queen this week because I'm in a good mood. I think that I'll, I'll, I'll go towards the, the more optimistic perspective and say that Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, New South Wales will win by 22 points. Amazing. Are you Glenny? Queensland by how many? In your dreams, what's it, what's it, what's it going to be? Seven. Oh, you do have the greatest field goal fucking exponent in the game. Ben Hunt. Yeah, no. Caelan Bonga? No. No. I'd, I'm just as confused as if you'd say you have the, the worst fucking defensive seven in the history of the game. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's just a shame that we you like to lean on stats so much. Yet, if I counted down how many <laughs> how, how many halfbacks have missed more tackles... <laughs> Valley Cherry Ravens would say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, they've got Harry Grant in there, so I won't count him. That's nine. Ten. Ten. Yeah, but we've been over this. I have questions about the qualities of your stats. They tell yeah, me you've never heard a fucking heroin junkie complain about the quality of his gear. They are the they are the official statistics, and I'd just like to say that having played three less games this season, Nathan Cleary's made more missed tackles. So shut the fuck up. Yet somehow keeps winning. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a fucking team sport. But again, <laughs> on the try line, individual one-on-one just fucking misses. That's what I want to see. All right, one-on-one tackles. Let's go. Oh, shit. I know who's made the most one-on-one tackles in the halves. Luke Brooks. No, Luke Brooks has made... Oh, shit. It's about 15 or 12. Oh, no, there he is. He's made the sixth most amount. Glennie, yeah. so that's not too bad. So people obviously targeted. Yeah, he gets targeted. Yeah. Let's see, let's see, let's see Brooksy's tackle effectiveness. I'm going to have to start it from the, oh no, there he is. That's a lot, he's down there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, forty, 48, 49, 74, 19, 19, but it's in halves. I mean, so how do you get, it's, it's half, it's halfback. So how do you, how are you the 19th most effective halfback when there's exactly. a competition with 16 teams? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I call shenanigans on your stats. I want to well, say, I'll, well, no. Well, no, because you've, you've maybe got it's guys really like, accurate, and Luke no, Brooks just got, is that bad. <laughs> no, you've got guys. <laughs> you've got guys like the like, uh, for example, um, like uh, like like Kelly for Brisbane, who hasn't probably been there for. Yeah, you know, he's only played yeah, four games, good. so he hasn't had a chance to fuck up his percentage. And, and the Cowboys do have nine halves. Well, yeah, that's true. That's it. Um, did we talk about what we're doing, member side? If you want to, we did. We we did not hear us uh, ramble on. We're going to be doing the second half of the State of Origin game as a game companion for our patrons this week. Yes, and that will be, and then that will come out you know, not too far after the game on Wednesday night. And then for our preview episode this week, we're going to do it on Thursday. There's no Thursday night football, so we're going to do it on Thursday and it'll be out Thursday night for Friday. That's it. So um, that will work out great. And on that note, that is the end of episode 469. Um, thanks for listening. If you do want to get the uh, the game companion there for Origin, then uh, by all means, f- feel free to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash twillnation. And uh, yeah, jump in there and that one will be delivered straight to you 
late on Wednesday. Uh, do you fellas have anything else that you would like to say? No. Before we move on to the sweet embrace of bed. No. Most certainly not. Forward to it. Glennie's it's about amazing. to put the Glennie's about to put the fire on up there. <laughs> up in Toowoomba. I'm ready. But to did, go. did you say? Did you say you, you made your first order of firewood? You got your first no, delivery? No, got it. Or you got it. Yeah. Are there no trees in Toowoomba? <laughs> we had to chop a big fuck off it's tree Toowoomba, down the front. It's, it's, it's Toowoomba. You know that the white man's raped that fucking land <laughs> up there. Yeah, true. Uh, so how much? So 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 what? So what's, what quantities are you buying firewood in? Uh, I think it must have been about a ton. Jesus Christ! Maybe and half. And maybe half a ton. Serious? So you buy firewood? Yeah, you buy iron bark because it burns better and it's hotter. You're right. Yeah, but you buy it. Yeah, I'm not a fucking lumberjack, motherfucker. I've got a shirt that makes me look like one, but it doesn't mean I'm wielding an axe. Fucking hell. He's in the he's in the MI, not the FI. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yes, there yes, we I go. Buy firewood. Okay, no, I think it must be half day. a ton. Must be half a ton I unloaded. How and how long how long in a, how long's half a ton gonna last you in the fireplace? Because you're only just using it you're not using it for smoking. I mean you should be using that iron bark in the smoker as well. True, but I only have the, the Weber Q for smoking because right, I'm still right. just a beginner. But okay, um, no, we'll need at least another load before winter's out, maybe two. There you go. Fuck. Expensive little habit. How much does it cost for half a ton? Hundred whatever it is delivered. Is there like a fucking Pablo Escobar of iron right. bark? Three. Up in, up Sorry, in what was that? Or three loads. Is, is there a Pablo Escobar of iron bark? <laughs> It's, it's, fairly, like, oh, uh, it's a fairly competitive market. First, first you get the wood, <laughs> then you get the money, then you get the woman. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, because I'm a big farmer, I can no longer get the wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fucking hell. Anyway. So you've actually got, you actually started at Big Farmer and then you finished on Big Farmer. Yeah. Well, how good. Circle of life. <laughs> What a fucking and, show. What have uh, we created? This? <laughs> I don't know. Really? I don't know. It's 469 <laughs> episodes on it. Yeah. I, I didn't say I it was good. I didn't say it was good. I just said there's a fucking lot of it. <laughs> yeah, you asked me what have we created, and I say, I don't know, but nothing of value. That's what. <laughs> That's what right to our that. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Later. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.